Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again for a brand new week of teaching. This week, we're going to talk about kingdom living. Father, cause me to open my mouth, Lord, to share with my brothers and sisters the wisdom, Lord, and the edification, Lord, that you have for them this week. Father, I'm walking in love. And I ask for your blessing, Lord, upon this word. Your blessing, Lord, upon your children, Lord. Bless them abundantly, Lord, and bring the spirit of revelation to them, Father. Cause them to get way more than I can ever give to them by your Holy Spirit anointing them, Lord, and opening their eyes and their ears to hear what your spirit is really trying to tell them, Father. Cause it to be perceived and heard in the right manner, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. What's the first thing you think of when you, when they use the word kingdom? <clears throat> well, I think about the Saudi Arabia. They, that's a kingdom, right? The Saudi kingdom. Saudi Arabia is not a democracy. Did you know that the kingdom of heaven is not a democracy? See, that's some set up for the United States in the West. But most Eastern governments are set up kingdom style. You look at Iran, Saudi Arabia, China, places like that, they are set up kingdom style, dictatorship style. Or North Korea. But the problem is the dictator that they have is a demonic dictator. So when you have a demonic di dictator over a kingdom, you're going to have a world of trouble. Well, God, or the Lord Jesus Christ, he is a benevolent dictator. He is a dictator, though. But he's a benevolent dictator. In other words, I'll let you look up the word benevolent. But it means um, someone that's, that's nice and kind, merciful. It's almost, you know, he's in charge, but he's extremely humble. You understand? So you can almost think that he's not in charge until the day of judgment when he stands as judge. So... A kingdom is a dictatorship. Well, the problem with a Western-style government, if you have people in the, the land that are not born again, or you have born-again people that hadn't read their Bible and operating in ignorance, or they have been bewitched. You, do you know Christians can be bewitched? You know, Paul told the Galatians who have bewitched you, these was God's people. So it's a lot of people bewitched, which explains why they put people in office that openly support policies that are not a God. Google search the word policy on your Bible app, and you'll find in the book of Daniel that Satan controlled the kingdoms through policy to try to separate the church from the government is impossible because Satan is never separating himself from the government because whoever runs the government has the power. And you have a demonic 
mayor or demonic governor or demonic president or demonic senator, demonic congressman, if the devil get enough of his people in there, he's going to affect the way anything runs. You know, God set the man as the head of his other as the head of the house, right? We're talking about kingdom living. Let that man be not be in the right order. I done seen it happen. If that man don't take his place under the right anointing, under a godly uh, uh, leadership, that whole house eventually becomes in disarray. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. You know the problem with these young teenagers murdering each other and doing all kind of violence, you know what the problem is? The problem is there's too many single-parent households, predominantly women trying to raise the children by herself. And if she do find somebody, most of the time, I hate to say this, the guy's not hitting on nothing. He's not born again. He's ruled by Satan. If you're not born again, you're ruled by Satan. There's no in-between. You're either, you're either influenced by God or ruled by Satan. God influences men and women. Satan, Satan don't influence. He rules you. He lorded it over you. Matthew 25 and at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto him them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now, listen to this. As you as you as you hear me reading this, this man, he gave them something. That means he sold into them. He sold something into them. He gave one five talents to another two and to another one. I think the word talent in this particular uh, meaning is the word money. To every man according to his several ability. So he gave them what they could handle. If you can handle a million dollars, God will make sure you get it. If you can handle a hundred thousand, God will get it to you. But if you can only handle a hundred dollars at a time, that's all you're going to get. Because an unregenerated man or a man that's confessed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior but hadn't let the word dwell in him richly or haven't desired the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby, that man or that woman has not yet delivered themselves by studying the word and prayer from addictions. So what, why would a, a man give a person that's addicted to drugs or an alcoholic, I want to spend all his money on crazy stuff, like, you know, I, I don't want to get into all that, but more so on the worldly things, rather than with a mind toward God. There's nothing wrong with you buying worldly things. But you need to weigh that with how much your love is toward the Lord. See, you see a man give a, give his wife a lot of money or do things for her, that's telling you where his heart is. Well, a man love is, that's where, where his money going to go. You see people spend money on their children to make sure they get the uh, proper education. They they might even pay their tuition. My uncle, he had 401, uh, 3C or whatever those things is where you had a college fund 
he had that set up from when his daughters were, were born. So when they go to college, they'll have money. Why? Because he put his money where his heart was. His heart was, he loved his children. He want to make sure that they could get an advantage. I'm talking about kingdom living. So there's nothing wrong with a man prospering. God wants you to prosper. And I'm going to illustrate that all this week. He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospered. But God is a God of increase. God will give you what you can handle. God will make sure you get what you can handle. Now, let me tell you this. All of us, if we're, if we're not called to do anything, we're called to pray. Some might say, well, I'm not called to this and I'm not called to that. You're, God planted you in the earth for a reason. And if you don't know why you're here and you don't know what your divine call is, everybody's called to pray. You know, you could, you could pray for your wife or pray for your husband. If you don't have a spouse, pray for your best friend. Pray for the neighbor. Spend a lot of time praying for somebody and see can God change their life through your prayers. You simply say, Lord, I know you put me here for a purpose. So Brother King, speaking about the anointing, said, I'm, I'm definitely called to pray. Go on a prayer conquest for somebody. Don't be selfish. Don't only pray for yourself. Pray for yourself now. But watch the Lord, and he's going to confirm it, do something for somebody because of you, because you are important to him. He planted you here for a purpose. You know, I got a lot to say, brothers and sisters. I'm out of time. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Blessings and grace and peace be multiplied upon you from God our Father and from the Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be with you once again on this Tuesday to talk about kingdom living. Holy Spirit, unleash yourself today and let the words of edification come forth, Lord. Cause me to be a blessing, Lord, in this earth. For, Lord, I've called, been called to be a teacher of the word. I choose to fulfill my ministry, Father. Speak through me mightily, Lord, and let wisdom increase not only upon my brothers and sisters, but upon me. Edify abundantly, Lord. Bless abundantly, Lord, and cause the quickening spirit to come alive in their bodies, to cause health and healing and prosperity to be made manifest by your divine grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go back to Matthew, the 25th chapter, and at the 14th verse. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Now, remember this man traveling into a far country. So he's not from this country. That man traveling is, is Jesus. Jesus is not from this country. He's from the kingdom of heaven. He's from another kingdom. We are his ambassadors. And he came unto his own servants. So this was Jesus talking to servants. The Old Testament, they were servants. The New Testament, we're sons. So we're sons now, but he delivered unto them his goods. He gave, given us his goods. If you want to know what those goods are, read 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We have gifts of the Holy Spirit. Even under the old covenant, 
not only spiritual gifts, he gave them natural gifts with woodworking and embroidery and carpentry, all kind of things you and I can do. You have something that you can do. But watch how God does things. And unto one verse, uh, we have Matthew, the 25th chapter, verse 15. And unto one, he gave five talents. To another two and to another one. You say, why, why did he do that? God is a God of variety. He gives people different gifts and talents. God is not a uh, communist. He's not a socialist. He don't have everybody living in the same house. He don't give everybody a welfare check every month. He don't base what he give you on how poor you are. I'm going to show you that. God is not a socialist. He don't give the poor more. He don't reward you for being lazy. He don't reward you for sitting at home and doing nothing and say, hey, this is a lazy man. Let me give him a check every month. Then they go and have children. Let me give him even more money. No, he's going to cash you into the lake of fire for that. I want, I want to show you uh, through, the, through the scriptures. God is not set up like the government of the United States. God don't think like you think. He don't. He's not a Robin Hood. He don't rob this person and give it to the other. He don't rob the rich and go give it to the poor. He don't raise taxes on the rich. He get a rich more money. Now, see, this is contrary to what you see on CNN and NBC and uh, whatever, Fox News. You know, God's not Democrat or Republican. He's a dictator. He don't ask me as a pen. He don't say, hey, do you agree with abortion or not? Let's vote. Do you agree with gay marriage or not? Let's vote. Do you agree with, with this? And do you agree with Black Lives Matter? Do you agree with the Ku Klux Klan? God is not for Black Lives Matter. God is not for the Ku Klux Klan. God is not for the Republican or the Democrat unless they are supporting what he supports. If a Republican support what he supports, God is for that person, not for the party. If the Democrats support what he supports, God is for that person, not for the party. But you know, you can see TV, you know which party or which group support more what God say, and even them. You can't vote for some of them sometimes because they get off, they'll be with God some other way, but not go all the way. If you want to see how politics and the church is intertwined, read First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. Every king that came in there, most of 90% of them was wicked. And the first thing they did was they let the uh, Sodom, uh, they let people sacrifice on the idols in the high places, giving their, uh, sacrificing their children to Molech, and they let the people uh, practice uh, sexual immorality. You go and read it for yourself. It's in there. You know, I, I can find it, but you need to read the Bible. And then when uh, when a good king come in there, you'll say he did good in the sight of my eyes, for he took down the hot places and he drove the sodomites out of the land. Now I'm not trying to I'm not preaching hatred, brothers and sisters. I love everybody. I promise you, you'll be shocked. But when it comes to these holy scriptures, God has a way his kingdom is set up. He's a dictator, a benevolent one, though. See, even if you will see a lady was caught in the act of adultery. God didn't agree with adultery. Jesus didn't agree with adultery, but he forgave the lady. And he told her to stop practicing it. This is what people miss it. They think if you tell if I'm telling people something that's wrong, that means I hate them. I don't hate them. I, I might say it with a little force. My voice is just like that. It got hard from being in the Marines or whatever. It's with a stir, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm very kind and nice. Let me keep reading. 
So watch God. Watch how God do it. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. He did not give everybody the same amount of money. He gave the one with the most ability the most money, the one with the least ability the least money. Now I got to keep reading it so I can get through. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained them other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. That's why God didn't give him that much because he knew his spirit. He only gave him $50. He gave the other one $20,000, another one a million. The one with the 20000 double heels, the one with the million double heels, but the one he gave $50, he went and hid his. Now, I'm, that ain't exact, but I'm, I'm telling you the, the system. Now, watch this. After a long time, the Lord of those servants coming and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things, in a dollar to the jaw of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things, in a dollar into the jaw of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man. Now he lied. Reaping where thou hadst not sown. He did so to you, dude. He gave you a talent. And gathering where thou hast not strong. Now this is what you're going to find with people who are unsuccessful. They always got an excuse while they're unsuccessful. Now listen to it at verse 25. They're going to say, Oh, the man keeping me down. They got some excuse of why they can't make it. But verse 25, it said, I was afraid. And when they hid thy talent in the earth, lo, there thou hast that is dying. Now, he did bring him back what he gave. But look at the Lord, how the Lord think. His Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slow for servant. He called him wicked and he called him slow for why? Because he refused to work. You know, the word of God say a man don't work, he ought not to eat. But the government say a man don't work, he ought to get more food stamps. He ought to get more public housing. I know this ain't a popular message, but it's the truth anyway. You need to hear it. It's the truth that makes people free. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slow for servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I have sold not. He judged them according to his own words. And gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchange, at least put it in the stock market to the exchanges. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with user. I would have got interest off of that. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him to have 10. He gave that one talent to the one that was the most productive. And unto everyone that have shall be given. If you got money, you're going to get more, and he shall have abundance. But from him that have not shall be taken away even that which he have. You see the way God do things. If you're doing some of what you have, you're going to have more and get abundance. So don't let all that money just sit in the bank. Do something with it. But he said, if you don't do nothing with the little that you have, he's going to take away even that which you have. 
we're talking about kingdom of living. You got to do some of what you have, whether it's talent, money, or whatever. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you on this Wednesday. We're talking about kingdom living. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask for a strong anointing, Lord, to explain, Lord, and 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 show your heart concerning your kingdom. Cause me to speak by great wisdom and understanding, Father, to bring edification, Lord, to bring peace to the hearers of these words. Let's go to Luke, the seventh chapter. And let's start at the 31st verse. We're talking about kingdom living. Luke 7 and 31. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. Jesus is trying to generate a response from people. See, the kingdom, it don't come in word only, it comes in power. And your power is developed by prayer. Like I told you Monday, if you can't do anything, you can pray. God wants you to occupy till he comes. God wants you to be a prayer warrior. God wants you to set your heart on things above. How can you win some to the Lord? If you don't have the the gift of gab, that's the word they'll use in the world. You know, some people sell water to a well. They were gifted. When they was in the world, they sold a lot of dope. When they was in the world, they slicked people uh, into buying a, a, a car that they didn't need to buy, uh, made them spend more than they should have spent when they were selling some. So some people have that gift, the gift of persuasion. So why would, why would God give a person such a gift? So they could use it for Satan and his crowd? No, for they to use their voice to persuade men and women into the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you don't have that particular gift, you might have a gift of discipline where you can discipline yourself to pray. Say, no, I'm not going to let such and such be on drugs. And you be consistent and pray that person out of that. When you keep praying for that person, God is going to hear your prayer and start sending influences to that person. He's going to speak to them in their mind. He's going to speak to them in their heart. He's going to cause them to hear phrases here and phrases there from different people that's going to influence his spirit or her spirit to be delivered from the powers of darkness. You are important to God. God knew you before the foundation of the world. He told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and ordained you a prophet. Jeremiah was having a conversation with God in heaven in the spirit realm. See, the spirits are in heaven saying, Lord, Lord, give me a body, give me a body, give me a body, give me a body. And God sent that spirit to that body. Well, God erased your memory because you got to grow up from a child in a different realm. But when you get old enough, that spirit of God through the preaching of the word is going to strike you 
and suddenly you're back to your original state. You're back to the kingdom of heaven. You are not from this world. We are pilgrims and strangers. That's what it says in, in the book of Peter. You're not from this world. You're not from this world. You are a love child of a love father. You are sons of love, daughters of love. Do you know, uh, uh, um, you know, I want to say this. Many people don't get confused at this, but I'm going to say this for the people who would benefit. In the beginning, God created one person, and he called their name Adam. He put the male and the female in the one body, and he called their name Adam. So when he say he gives you the power to come to sons of God, that, become, that means male and female. Paul, understanding the revelation, said there's no more Jew or Greek. There's no more male or female. We're all one spirit in the Lord. All of us are led by the spirit of God. We are from one body. See, the same way God put male and female in one body and then separated them, we was in the spirit of God, and he separated us from his own spirit. When he separated us from his own spirit, he sent our spirit into the thing that was being formed in your mother's womb. And when you was born, you was born unto this world. But when you got born again, you once again took on the nature of the original, which is the nature of love, because you are loved children of a love God. But you weren't sent to this earth to be shed in, to be shed out of everything. You need to be on Facebook. You need to be on Instagram. You need to be where the world is. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. In the 17th chapter of John, Jesus prayed for the disciples. He said, they are in the world, but keep them. God is going to keep you. Even though you're in the world, you're going to be able to fellowship, laugh, joke, and all that, but you're not of the world. Because the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So a lot of people think the love, the love of the world means don't love to go to the world, don't love to go to the mountains. That ain't what it's talking about. Because in that particular scripture, it explained what the love of the world was. It said the love of the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So keep yourself from adultery and fornication and lusting after everything that you see. Why? Because you already have it all anyway. The place that you came from, the streets are paved with gold. So it don't excite you for, for, uh, for the little things of this world. Why? Because you are down here for only a short period of time. If you lived 120 years, as the Bible says yours, you're still here from a short period of time. What we in right now? We in the year 20, what, 21 or whatever? And this A.D., it was 6,000 years before that. So think about how many people that lived and went on to be with the Lord. So you're only here from a short period of time. So get your mind off the things of the world, which is the lust of the flesh. Want somebody husband or want somebody wife or whatever. The lust of the eyes. I got to have this and I got to have that. And the pride of life. Look at what I did. I, I, I. Selfishness is the beachhead of sin. We're talking about kingdom living. Get your eyes on the kingdom. Pray somebody into the kingdom. Pray somebody marriage back together. Pray somebody child uh, off of drugs. Why? Because when you do that, you're going to baptize somebody into the kingdom, right? And then they're going to, they're going to, when you train them properly, when you disciple them, they're going to make other disciples. Pray over your neighborhood. Drive the crime rate down in your neighborhood. Drive the murder rate down. Drive the drug selling down. Drive the drug addiction down. Start today. 
Say, in the name of Jesus Christ in my neighborhood, call the name of your neighborhood. There will be no more drug selling. There will be no more drug dealing. There will be no more addictions. I break that power. Lord, let a cloud of glory come and let the cloud of, of addiction, the cloud of uh, murder, the cloud of, of of hustling, let that, that spirit leave in the name of Jesus. Man, you keep praying that, God going to urge you that in. Don't pray one time. Let it be every day. Give us this day our prayers, our daily bread. We're in Luke 7. The spirit of evangelism came on me. But the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation and to what are they are like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating, drink, eating bread nor drinking wine. And ye say he have a devil. The son of man is come eating and drinking. See, Jesus eating and drinking wine, right? Right? And ye say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber, a friend and publicans, a friend of publicans and sinners. But watch what Jesus said. But wisdom is justified of all her children. How many of you listening to me today as a child of wisdom? If I came eating and drinking, you're going to call me what? A, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners? But if I didn't come eating and drinking, you'll say, man, that man got a devil. You know, people are going to have something to say no matter what. What I'm saying is we'll come to influence who we can influence. Paul said, I became all things that I might win some to Christ. Hallelujah. I can blend in with the Muslim. I'll talk all that with them and then try to convert them to Christ. Hallelujah. I can blend in with the gangster, but I can also talk intelligently. I got a vocabulary. But wisdom is justified of all our children. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. I'm so excited to be with you once again. Lord, I love you and I appreciate you. I thank you for these words. Lord, cause me to disseminate them with precision. Cause your grace to go forth upon the hearers. For blessed are your eyes, for they do see. And blessed are your ears, for they do hear. I activate you spiritually. I command the prophetic anointing that's on the inside of you to awaken in the name of Jesus Christ. I command the spirit of prediction that's on the inside of you to awaken in the name of the Lord Jesus. I command your spiritual eyes to awaken, to awaken, and your spiritual ears awaken, awaken in the name of Jesus. Come alive, come alive, dry bones. Awaken in the name of Yeshua. Awaken. Awaken spiritual eyes, awaken spiritual ears, awaken and hear ye what the Spirit of God has to say unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Let's go to Luke, the 19th chapter, and at the 12th verse. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So <clears throat> this man is on an excursion, this nobleman. Now these parables about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the Father. He went into a far country, that's us, because he's in one of those heavens way on up there. But he came for a purpose to receive a kingdom. I told you that Jesus is a dictator. He's not voted in. Because, see, you might not vote for him. 
you might vote for Buddha or something. So that ain't how he rolled. He's a, he's a benevolent dictator. You got see if you got a Western mindset, you think everything have to be voted on. But them that are kingdom minded know that Satan is is able to manipulate voting. They they are Satan is able to manipulate voters and the voting apparatus. The voters Satan is able to sometimes cause Christians. I'm talking about born again, five baptized. I'm talking about in good standing with God, living. Walking in love, he's able to influence them to vote for people that stand against what God says. So that's why I'm that's why I'm making it known to you that Jesus is he don't he don't go off the voting system, off the voting what the voters want. See, you remember one one time he was teaching to everybody, and he said, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciples." And a whole buku of them left. <clears throat> pardon me, and only left 12. And he asked them 12, he said, will you leave me too? And they said, where are we going to go? You have the uh, the words of eternal life. When you start telling people truth sometimes, you might lose a few. Don't worry about it. God will replace them. Jesus had multitudes. And there's going to be multitudes uh, going to go to heaven also. So don't worry about the ones that don't want to hear truth. Because truth is going to always prevail. So this this benevolent dictator, this nobleman, he went into a far country to receive from himself a kingdom and to return. We're talking about kingdom living, kingdom mindset. You got to have a kingdom mindset. Now I want you to know that the kingdom mindset is always to prosper. With your money, don't let nobody tell you there's nothing wrong with having money. God wants you to have money. Why? Because you can, you can put me on TV. If you got a billion dollars, what you care about spending $10 million to put me on TV? You got to think that away. What you care about buying me a plane so I can fly to uh, Pakistan and preach? I know a guy in Pakistan. He asked me to, the minister he was going to tra translate on this Christian app I was on. Yeah. So if you had a million dollars, you can just fly me over there. You understand? Don't worry Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about it. Say, oh, that preacher got a Cadillac. Don't worry about that. I'm going to get one if I want one. And you get one if you want one. But see, what people don't know, some some people that have a bunch of millions of dollars, they spend a lot of money on Christian things. They have no problem with worldly people to have it, people that's doing Hollywood movies. But when a Christian has some money, jokers irritate. They're all mad. Yeah, he in this private jet. But what you want him to do? You don't want him to have one? You don't say no when the football team fly from Kansas City and play the Chargers on a private jet. You know, people's mindset is messed up. They got more confidence and more reverence and more thankfulness for Satan and his bunch having money, but they want God's people to stay broke. I say, no, I don't care what you say. I don't care if you complain. I'm not, I'm not going to be broke. Hallelujah. You're not going to be broke. So this certain man went to find him a kingdom, right? And at verse 13, it said, and he called his 10 servants, and deliver them 10 pounds. That means everybody can get a pound apiece on this deal. The other deal, he gave them different amounts of money. And he said unto them, occupy till I come. Other words, take this money I just gave you and go to work. Rule and reign. Set up my kingdom. Set up my way of thinking. Kingdom is a mindset. The way of thinking. The way of doing things. See, we don't... You have to read the scriptures to know what God way. We walk in love. We love our enemies. We love our neighbors ourselves. We don't desire nothing that is our neighbor. We don't 
jump around and being led by the world, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So we're led by the Spirit of God, righteousness, holiness, hallelujah. So he gave them 10 pounds. He told them to occupy. In other words, blend in. Do like Jesus and John the Baptist did. John the Baptist came. He wasn't eating or drinking. Jesus came eating and drinking. I ain't telling you to get drunk. Jesus never got drunk because the Bible says, be not drunk with wine in excess. Verse 14, it says, but his citizens hated him and sent the message out to him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. So we know they ain't in the kingdom of God because they got hatred. Hatred is the opposite of love. And it came to pass that when he was returned, <clears throat> having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. So, yeah, it ain't nothing wrong with trading in the stock market. Ain't nothing wrong with trading by buying your own business. You got to take risks that way. Start a business, some of you all. I bless your business in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless your ideas, and I bless you with the courage and the wisdom and the revelation to prosper. Go buy those houses. Go buy those, that land. Go buy that company. You know, one place, the kingdom is like a man finding a treasure in a field, right? But the Bible say he didn't just, the guy didn't just take the treasure out of the field. He bought the whole field. What field are you in? Don't just get the treasure out of the field. Buy the whole field. If you, know how to, if you know how to do AC work, buy that field. Don't just work for somebody. Buy the field. If you know how to drive a truck, don't just work for somebody driving. Buy the whole field. Buy your own company. Buy your own truck. Get your mindset on kingdom. See, most, most people's mindset is on holiness and this and that. That's fine. That's on the lower level. That's the least you could do. That's the least of your service. You know, present your body as a living sacrifice, holding itself under God, which is the least you could do. But God wants you to be kingdom-minded. He wants you to buy the field, not just get the treasure that's in the field. Oh, glory. So it says, uh, verse 15, it says, It came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be calling to him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound have gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, uh, to him Well, um, he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound have gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I fear thee, because thou art a, a steward man. A steward means hard. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. He sound like the other fella. Lying again, because he, he did so. He gave him a pound. And he said unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an extort man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore, then, givest not thou my money to the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? And he said unto them, that stood by, take from him the pound, and give it to him that have ten pounds. And they said to him, Lord, he have ten pounds. 
For I say unto you that unto everyone that hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hey, brothers and sisters, we're at the end of the week. I'm glad that you stayed with me. I love you. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll give the hearers of these words more than I could ever give them by your Holy Spirit. Show them what you really mean by kingdom living. If I had to sum it up, I would say that kingdom living is taking what you have received from the Lord or learned from the Lord or anything that you have gotten from the Lord and giving it back into this demonic kingdom to leaven this kingdom with God's way of thinking, God's way of doing things, God's way of loving. See, see, you know, you know, God say um, he wants you to uh, multiply. You know that? But the devil say take birth control and kill the babies, but God wants you to have children. Ain't that something? Everything God is for, the devil is against. If God say be fruitful and multiply, the devil say the opposite. If God say thou, thou should not steal or kill, the devil say do it. If thou say if God say love your enemies, the devil say hate your enemies. So if if the Lord say bless them that curse you, the devil say the opposite. Like whatever you know, the devil because he's gonna say whatever is contrary to God. <clears throat> God ain't never started a bunch of organizations with one race of people where you could teach the, uh, that race of people to hate another race of people. That's the devil's doing. He is the author of division. Do you know the devil always try to divide and conquer? Whenever you see division, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a, on a baseball or football team, you know, I saw the Lakers. I ain't been really following basketball, but I saw the Lakers. <laughs> they was getting ready to fight each other on the bench. I said, I said, I ain't gonna win this year. And they've been losing too. Because why? What what they was doing in private spilled out into the public. Um, let's go to Matthew the tenth chapter. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, why did God do this? Because he wanted the disciples to go and help people. He didn't want them to be selfish. Their whole purpose in life was to help people. Yeah, he could have told them, well, I, I'm going to give you this power, so, man, go go, go home and, and, and watch the ball game or, or go to the movies. Like, there ain't nothing wrong with doing those things. I watch the ball game and movies. But that ain't the only thing I do. That's the only thing some people do. Vacation, movies, ball game, don't go to church, don't talk to nobody about the Lord, but it's all about edifying their self. Doing, I'm going to do something for me. I'm going to buy something for me. Everything is about me, me, me. Well, but Jesus gave them power against <clears throat> unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Then he lists the name of them. And at verse 5, we in Matthew, the 10th chapter, it says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, and are ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now it's not like that no more. 
<clears throat> you go to everybody. But this was their charge. But watch what he told them to do. And as ye go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Brothers and sisters, I come to you today to tell you the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I have a charge from the Lord, according to verse 8, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Hallelujah. That's what we're on this uh, world to do. Hallelujah. He sent them forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, and he told them to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So that's your purpose. So if you're not a minister or whatever, your purpose still is to go out and heal the sick, lay hands on them, say be healed, speak over them healing, keep on praying until it come because you have the power. The power just got to be activated by your prayer. It's like a primer. You know, sometimes to crank a lawnmower, you got to mash a button to prime it. Prayer is your primer. And when you get filled with the brim, with fellowship, the fellowship of prayer with the Father, then you're going to release what you didn't receive. <clears throat> at Mark, the 16th chapter, and at the uh, 15th verse, it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. How do you cast out devils? You say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command that demonic influence to, to lead a Williams household. I bless George Williams and Susan Williams. I'm just making up some names. And I bless their children, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I command that, that spirit of poverty to be broken off of that family. And I decree that the spirit of abundance is coming. And I decree that their children are blessed. And that, that they're going to be edified. That, that they're going to walk into the divine calling that you have for them. And I keep praying for that family day in and day out until I see that kingdom of God come to that family. Now God is pleased with me because I'm doing what he wants me to do. This is what God is interested in. And now I thought and did what God wanted me to do. Now I want to watch the game. I can watch it. Now I want to go on vacation. I can go. But first I got to do God's business. If I take care of God's business, God will take care of my business. But we're spending too much time taking care of our business and not taking care of what God's business is. How many understand that? So he tells them they're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So right there, he telling them what? To go what? Into all the world and preach the gospel, so forth and so on. Now, I want to show you what the world is. Hallelujah. First John, the second chapter, and at verse 15. Now, the word never contradicts itself. If you think it's contradicting, it's because you don't understand. So you remember Jesus, he can't eat and drink, and they said a gluttonous, a gluttonous man and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said he has a devil. But at the same time, the same Jesus is telling them to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right, and heal the people. They heal the people of the world. Yeah. Get worldly people. I'm talking about drunkards. Pray for them. Get them healed. I'm talking about adulterers. 
But now watch this in First John, the second chapter in verse 15, it said, love not the world. Now, is he talking about don't love the people? No, no. Love not the world. Now, see, you got to keep reading to know what the world is. Love not the world. See, we're talking about kingdom living. Love not the world. Don't love the way they do things. Don't love the way they operate. But you go into the world to heal them from the effects that is upon them because of what they're doing. See, a person that's smoking and drinking isn't an effect behind that because a man reap what he sow. So it said, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is, is not in him. Is it talking about I don't love the people? No. It's talking about not loving the worldly system. The worldly system is set up on democracy where they vote. Whoever got the most votes, you can, you can, you can let a man marry a dog if you get enough votes. And if we keep putting it on TV, you put a man marrying a dog on TV every day, he's going to think marrying a dog is normal. If you got a man marrying a dog on a commercial every day, he's going to think marrying a, a man marrying a dog is normal, but it's not normal. So you don't love their system. Now, see, it's going to tell you what the system is. When you see this, this is what it's saying on love. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, whatever kind of uncontrolled lust, a person have, they promote it in the world. The lust of the eyes, whatever your eyes want, you marry whatever you want to marry. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abide forever. When you do the will of God, you abide forever. You might not be liked by everybody, but you're going to abide forever. Because when you believe on Jesus, you have eternal life. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Have a great weekend.